Hi, and welcome back to Transvox. And this week, uh, Jenny's not with us because she's off doing worky type things. So uh, I'm joined with a special guest, or joined by a special guest. And sitting in front of me, uh, resplendent in a, the most enormous headphones you've ever seen, is Andy Maratos. So hi, Andy, how are you? Hi, Gillian. It's great to see you. I'm okay, thanks. Fantastic. Now, Jen and I have talked quite a lot about trans stuff over the past episodes, and we keep bumping into the subject of non the non-binary worlds, the gender fluid worlds, uh, the issues around pronouns around this sort of area. And we really thought it'd be actually quite good to talk to an expert. And um, I mean, by all extents, you know, by by any measure, you are sort of an expert <laughs> in this field. So maybe you could just contextualize this all by giving us a little bit of information about you. Yeah, so I am non-binary. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, or Zizi. Um, and I'll probably talk about neo-pronouns a little bit in a minute. I run Beyond Reflections, um, which is a charity supporting trans, non-binary and gender questioning adults and their family and friends. Um, and so I can talk a lot about my own personal experience, my own intersections with gender identity and kind of the weird route that's led me through in my life in my world um but also my experience is informed with the experience of other people and, and understanding other people's worlds as well um both non-binary people and people trying to get their head around non-binary identities from from the outside yeah. so is it worth starting but sort of the easy question which is defining what gender is and then we can understand what and a sort of a different view of gender might be uh, <laughs> defining gender is an easy question. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to do quantum physics later on, so I thought that's... <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, gender identity is the sense you have inside yourself of, of the gender that you are. Um, it's comprised of a huge variety of different things. There's a biological component. There's a hormonal component. There are social components and all of these intersect um and as we come to understand ourselves we come to understand how we intersect intersect in the world and and with ourselves so gender identity i would describe as how i relate to myself and and i guess people who have a a clear sense of a gender relate clearly perhaps to a strong sense of what that is um, so I'm wondering what it's like to relate to either a fluid idea of gender or a, a non-idea of gender. So how does that work? Yeah, and I think that's when you ask me to define gender, I think that's why for somebody who's non-binary, it becomes much harder right. to, to categorise because I spend a lot of, of my thinking time recognising that I'm not that clear category, but neither am I that clear category there are times when I feel much more aligned um to a masculine um identity the ma a masculine group of people um or grouping of people and and other times I might feel more what I would describe as femme I don't think I ever describe myself as feminine um or or a, a woman in the way that most people contextualize yeah. being a woman um so very much I know I'm not that um I am somewhere 
away from that, but I am also not. And those you can't see my hands, obviously, because okay. uh, this is a podcast. But what I, I do when I describe this is it's like a dashboard. Um, and and on my um, my identity is the pointer, and it kind of moves between um, about forty five degrees either either side of center. So it's definitely not over in the firmly feminine the the firmly woman or female side, but neither is it firmly yeah. in the in the male side. Um, so is it possible to, so it's almost like you're saying I'm not this and I'm not that. Yeah. But is it possible to say I am this? Or is it is it more of a contextual thing? So is it finding yourself being slightly different, different, as you said, contexts or groupings? Um, sometimes, sometimes it's relatable to external experiences and feeling a greater alignment with with other groups of people sometimes it's purely internal and I can wake up one morning and feel much more mask much more femme um sometimes I'll look at myself in the mirror and I will see him um other times much less strongly so it sounds, um, it's, it's, it's almost sounds, like a subtle change of, of my yes. features it sounds very um this is a very trite statement, so forgive me, but it sounds extraordinarily confusing because it, it's almost like your definition of identity is is literally more fluid. So, how do you how do you how do you determine your sense your sense of you? I think that's right. It is more fluid, um, and sometimes sometimes it's easier for me. And and you know, this is my experience, not this experience of many non-binary people um but for me sometimes it's easier not to define um to to sit there and sometimes it's really strong and sometimes it really hurts and sometimes it's really like oh my goodness um and then um and then I can I can express myself in a particular way wear particular clothing um, and be seen and be visible and be recognized by other people and then that's okay yeah um and at other times I dress fairly gender neutral anyway and um I guess it's less it, it challenges me less it's less in, important to me um my personal dream is of a world where gender is not the first defining factor that we choose yeah. to describe someone. Um, I would never ever take somebody's gender identity away from them. Um, and I think being, you know, being she, being he, being Z, being Faye, whatever, all of these are, are important and equally definable to the individual. Mm. Um, I just think if we could start from another place, yeah. things would things would be much better. Um, I feel if people see me <clears throat> um, as as female, um, then I feel or I experience. They categorize me. They make assumptions about me. They they put me into specific spaces, 
and in so doing they disregard unintentionally usually unintentionally disregard a lot of the ways that I think a lot of the way they feel a lot of the ways I respond to other people yeah whereas if I'm seen as non-binary and I've noticed the more I've done this job and the more I've been around people who um, recognise non-binary identities, um, the more solid being non-binary can be. Yeah. Um, so it becomes, it actually becomes less confusing because I'm not trying to define myself by anybody else's standards. No. Um, because I'm in a space which accepts that there are more identities, there are more realities. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so just to leap in again, if I can just clarify. So, so you said uh, you'd like a world where gender isn't the sort of one of the primary characteristics, but I suppose uh, race, uh, sexuality, um, ge geography is, is sort of similar in a sense. So, so, so you're sort of actually talking about just being accepting of people. Accepting, viewing people as people first, yeah. um, seeing us by by the characteristics over which we have control, by the things we do, by who we are, by how we speak, by how we act. Yeah. Um, these are all things over which I have agency. Yeah. Um, what I'm born with is not, you know, yeah. I can I can make some changes to that, um, but it's not. It's not it, who I am. And it is interesting to think that most of the time if we were saying that we're going to slavishly adhere to the things we were born with or the values were given as parents, everyone would look down at this and say, well, you've not developed. You've not mm. developed a sense mm. of um, purpose or identity or meaning. You know, the, the point of experience would be point, would be pointless in a funny sort of way because we'd just be having to do what our parents told us. So it seems to me to, to have absolute sense. And I think, yeah, this sort of... Um, acceptance blindness no the opposite of that acceptance awareness i think is the key isn't it but it's but we do all have shortcuts because we all have this problem around needing to judge people in the first 30 billionths billions of a yeah. second to you know, make, make sure someone's a threat or not so we're looking for incongruity aren't we we're sort of wired that way so yeah i wonder i wonder when you were younger um how did you handle this i mean because i suppose it's yeah, it's a it's a difficult thing to express now when you're someone who's worked in this world for many many years. How on earth did you sort of notice it and become aware of it? Just by constantly never fitting in, right? You know, always, always knowing that there was something wrong. I've I've been non-binary my entire life. Uh, my name is Andy. It has been Andy for a very very long time. Um, my name on my birth certificate makes you always has done you know so but it's only recently that I have the language right. to put around that to to explain it so yeah there's there's a lot of of being on the outside looking in never quite knowing always trying trying to fulfill stereotypes um, typically trying to fulfill masculine stereotypes without realizing why I couldn't uh, couldn't fulfill them either. Uh, how, um, how do you mean? In what way? Um, so and without ever 
challenging the knowledge that there are very skilled women in these fields and that putting women, you know, the context needs more. Um, but choosing more typically masculine environments, masculine courses, or um, and certainly preferring the company of, of other men, but not in... Um, not in a sense that it was that I was ever as a woman in those spaces. Yeah. You're just knowing that, that that was different. But, and this is that thing that it's never quite enough, never quite right. Yeah. And I think if, if I'd known that you could transition, if I'd known about that back then and I hadn't done a lot of work on myself mm. um i think i think i would have desired that differently yeah um and maybe chased it more yeah. whereas actually i'm kind of happy being non-binary you know it's simply an aspect of who i am it yeah, it doesn't a part it, yeah yeah um and i don't need to chase anything so much i appreciate for some people that absolutely is and and i live and breathe and work in a world where my gender identity is accepted if i go back out into the more um uh standard binary world i've either got to accept i'm going to be constantly misgendered yeah um and typically not by anybody that means anything by it, just yeah. because of, of how we think. Um, or I have to do something which is much more visible. And I know... Um, or both, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, m- m- much more obvious. Um, and so I've quite quite liked being able to hide behind the screen and, and not go out much and, and things like that because I haven't had to present in in a particular way to be seen as who I am because people accept me. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. So so I was I was interested in the world of work. And I, I just wanted because obviously there's a degree of um implicit or implied prejudice that people talk about in the trans scene about looking for jobs. You know, they pitch up and then people look at them and say, oh, no, suddenly we discovered the job's gone or have it at my work. But how does that, because it must be a more subtle world in the non-binary area. Um, I think there's there's an automatic self-censoring, self-exclusion um, from um, a lot of the standard avenues. Fill out fill out an application on our job site. You know, so many applications are um, online. Yeah. And your first options are, are you Mr, Miss yeah. or Mrs? Okay, so instantly I can't be me. Now I've got to make a choice. Yeah. Um, and... That might be okay, but it might not. And I think um, that's down to, I know we've talked before about resilience. That's mm. down to how much you've got, how much support you've got outside, how um, secure you feel in yourself, how many 
allies you think maybe are on the inside fighting really hard to change the system because that could be a thing um and how much do you want that job and of course at that point you've you've reached several pinch points not necessarily barriers but yeah um that mean well maybe i won't apply for it yeah and that means that employer has lost a chance at you as a candidate because you're being seen as trans first not as a person yeah um or your your transness is is being limited and it is interesting how there was a it took a massive push to change mrs and mrs and miss Mm. I mean, remember the rise of MS. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember that happening, and that was that took a huge push because actually the the first construct, was, was, the second construct wasn't the agenda. It was whether you were married or not because that was that was seen as being particularly important, wasn't it? In a, in yeah. a well, world slightly where, before course, slightly before that, you weren't allowed to work if you were married. Yeah, quite. Or have a. I mean, I remember, I remember my mum not having a checkbook because mm. she was a woman, mm. yet mm. she and my dad. So yeah. you know, it's it's not long since degrees of um, masculine um, authority have been sort of getting rolled back. So I suppose we can see, you can see where some of the pinch points and the um, challenges are coming because it's not just coming in the obvious sort of uh, negativity. It's, it's the the careless sort of not thinking, isn't it? Because most people actually would be really hurt to think that they're, yeah. being hurtful deliberately um, hurtful, yeah. and and you know when I've been doing training when I've been talking to people it's, it's really sad when when somebody says but I'm trying so you know if if somebody who's who's trans expresses that they've been hurt which they have constantly yeah. it butts up against this other person who's just trying their best to be a nice person yeah um and you can't always be thinking about other people. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of space for just those gentle changes. Yeah. It would be much easier if we could have some kind of standard format that said, yeah, okay, let's update all the software in the world to include these things. It doesn't change just anything take them all for everybody. Off. Just yeah, put them in. Take them off. That's the easiest or, thing of all. I've never understood the need well, for any of them. Well, you. Yes and no. Salutations, I think it's called, isn't it? <laughs> um, honorifics is what I would choose. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a yes and no, because for some people um, of, of, of all genders and none, that title is really important. So I've worked with people for whom becoming Miss and their Misses mm. was the absolute achievement it was it was the thing that made them complete yeah and so i would never take that away from somebody any more than i take their mister away but if there was a little bit of space in the middle for mercs yeah um then then that's important and like you say that option to just not bother with them don't make them just don't make them compulsory yeah first name surname pronouns we all yeah. have them, and then you've made a space which actively supports people with genderless names. 
but with very clear senses of gender identity. You actively support people with names that are outside of um, the cultural norms as well. Yeah, it's true. Um, Because everybody's got pronouns. So now you're leaving gently, as if you've done this before, into the subject (laughs) of pronouns. So Jen and I have had many conversations about pronouns and, and we're... And and again, so 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 pronouns obviously make sense. Jen's talked her about the her she experiences when she's misgendered, um, but it must be even more complex for a non-binary person because some of it is almost situational or contextual. I mean, like you were saying, if you wake up in this particular frame, so so talk to me about the the development because obviously the they them pronoun has been gaining acceptance i suppose but you sort of um and i've i've seen these different pronouns being um, developed and and you're sort of the proponent of that so i wonder if you can just explore that a bit for me so um they're called neo pronouns um and 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 like a lot of this stuff they've been around for donkey's years as well um certainly from the the 60s and 70s when a lot of the um the gender um Changes came really, really started. You know, the movement for equal rights, yeah. equal opportunities came in, um, and you know, again, like like the people who are trying really hard, and and really don't ever want to get it wrong, and are much more worried about hurting somebody than than anything else. Um, you know, I hear and I watch people struggle linguistically mm. with um, me included. Yeah. And and if we could, again, if we could consensually come up with, uh, right, this is the gender neutral pronoun. This is how you use it in the singular. This yeah. is how you use it in the plural. Yeah. Um, then this whole thing would go away. Yeah. Um, because you could have you could have the option for other pronouns, but we've got one standard one, you know, yeah. and we've like 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 in France. They they looked at their language and they went fiddle fiddle poke poke and they created because that's how French works and that's how the French maintain their language. There's a whole bureau uh, yeah. dedicated to keeping words correct in the French language. Yeah. Um, classicists have have done a huge amount of work around how to neutralize yeah. classics languages because we have no idea how. They really thought about some of these topics. We could yeah. speculate, yeah. Like not no idea, but you know, we Best we've cases. always been aware that we're putting our modern view onto to experiences of of other people. So linguistically, you could do this, um, and I think then, if you use they them. Um, you'd find it much easier. I personally, they, um, in the singular, them, uh, themselves, I think works quite nicely rather than, because that's clearly a singular. Um, but I think we'd need to play around with things like theirs. Yeah. Um, and, and thinking about that. I often say to people, if you're speaking um, about a non-binary individual and a group of friends, maybe use use their name a little bit more. Yes. And then you can separate whether you've got a singular or a plural. Um, but it does mean that people need to think about these things. And, you know, when you've when you've grown up your whole life naturally using a language, having to think about it can be yeah. a bit of a pain. Um, 
and again slipped happen but it becomes much more normal um so i've noticed that um some of my close friends um are able to determine when i am feeling much more mask and they will sometimes use e um but this is something that grows out of very very deep closeness because i don't think that i'd make much um external effort um whereas for someone who's much more clearly non-binary because i i I sit in that that middle space so so it kind of i would say fluid in the sense that it floats around but someone who has much clearer identities um may well have a conversation say well when i'm dressed like this these are my pronouns and when i'm dressed like that these are my pronouns yeah um but but yeah they they then works until you get in a bit of a pickle and then you can't unravel it Mm -hmm. um so i thought well why not have a look at some of the other pronouns and i quite like zz zim so it's um, XE, XY, XYR, um, X, as we just said about MX being mm. the uh, gender neutral marker. Um, yeah. It turns up all over the place. Yeah. Um, and um, in, in hard and soft sciences. So the you can pronounce it differently i just like z it kind of sits for me linguistically it sits between he and she yeah z yeah z um and and it does lend itself a little bit more um to to being used in the other context and to sitting nicer into into sentence structures um but I, I'm going to say I don't mind. Just don't call me she. That's that's my 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 main one. Yeah. That's the one that I get all the time, understandably, um, and um, it's just like. <laughs> but I'm resilient. I, it's just to me, it's just like ick. Yeah. yeah. Um, with somebody else, it could be really, really and hurtful. so I mean, I know, I know what the. I'm hoping I know what the answer to this is, but um, if you meet a person who's not sure about what the right pronouns to use, what what should we do? Ask. Simple as that. <laughs> it is, yeah. We uh, and this is something I've noticed um, has socially changed. Um, we're getting much better at asking people for for their thoughts, their feelings, and and expecting them to be different to ours. Yeah. Um, and and I I like to think of pronouns like consent, that I would never ever con- assume consent from anybody, um, even if they consented to something a previous at a previous meeting. Yeah. So. I shouldn't assume pronouns either because there's something about an individual's experience. So, so ask and normalize, normalize asking, put them on the forms. Again, going back to that tech solution, start from, start from neutral. Yeah. Give people the option to fill this stuff in. If they don't want to fill it in, that's okay too. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the um, option of nothing as well as something. I think, so basically, you ask someone their name and ask them their pronouns. It's not that mm, hard, really, mm. is it? It's as simple as that, I suppose. Yeah, or introduce yourself with your pronouns. And every time that a... Um, a binary person and an outwardly um, cisgendered person um, does that, it makes a little space that's more accepting for a trans person. Otherwise, as a non-binary trans person, I am the only person that consistently has to out myself in order to be addressed correctly. Um, So my pronouns are in my team's name, uh, there's a, a magic that you could, that IT can do for that. You can put them in your Zoom za- name and so on and so forth. But if it's only the trans people doing that, yeah, then and the non-binary people, then we're always going to be the odd ones in the room. Yeah, fascinating. Well, I'm so pleased um, you joined us today because that's been an absolute eye opener. And I and I and I sense we've sort of scratched the surface of it in a funny sort of way. So I'm going to ask maybe at a point in the future, come back and educate us some more. And, Happy um, to. Absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you for spending time with us today. And of course, as you mentioned, as you know, our nominated charity is Beyond Reflections. Uh, great work um, being carried out by you and your organisation. So thank you for what you're doing. And obviously all our links go to Beyond Reflections. Anybody wants to contribute, donate, sponsor someone, then head to our Patreon page for Transvox and any money we collect goes straight to BR. Thank Thank you for spending time with us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, If you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brick bats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.